And we need to know, community, that we did not start this community because we had a gap on a Sunday morning to fill. We did not start this place because we like meetings. We started this thing because of Jesus, that we would encounter him, that you would encounter him, that he would encounter city and beyond. So we are here for him. I don't care where you've come from. You are welcome here today. You are welcome here today. You are welcome here today. Take your seats. Take your seats. Um, so before we do anything else, this is, I was going to do this later, but um, Jesus is here. Like Jesus is here. And when Jesus is in the room, Jesus does Jesus stuff. And um, just even as we're worshipping there, one of the pictures I sense God gave was um, this beautiful presentation box. Like, beautiful. Like, real care had been taken, even on the part of this presentation box that you don't see. But like, he was a craftsman kind of thing, just on the presentation box. And in this presentation box, there was this beautiful, brand new heart. Like the nicest heart, the most beautiful heart I've ever seen. It was just about that size. Slightly bigger than the normal heart, but it was like a stunning heart. And it was just a sense of Jesus saying, he has hearts to give today. He's got new hearts to give. And I just wonder, is there anybody in the room, and this is not, you don't have to let me know, but if you've been wondering if you need a new heart, and it's interesting, this heart was kind of like, and, and I was asking Jesus, what, what do you mean by that? And it was a bit like this heart was in the box, but it wasn't connected to anything else. I could do a 45-minute seminar on how the heart is connected to the rest of the body. Most of it would be made up, but it would be 45 minutes. But the heart needs to be connected to the rest of the body. And I have a sense today that God is wanting to put new hearts in some of us. And when this new heart is there, it affects all of us as well. Like all of us. I am, oh, I'm all over the place with my notes. And I was there, like, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep to my notes. I am, I'm going to keep, I'm going to follow the flow. Because I know some people like structure and, and all that. But I cannot not get to this point now. It's nearly a conclusion. But here's the conclusion. I think God is looking for, he's looking for volcanoes of praise. He is looking for volcanoes of praise and worship that will just erupt with love for him, love for each other, and love for the city and beyond. And the thing about a volcano, again, I could do a 45-minute cinema mainly made up on how volcanoes work, but what I understand about volcanoes is, is this stuff going on underneath the surface and it's just got to come up. Is that basically, if anybody knows, is that basically what volcanoes are? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but this stuff underneath the surface, bubbling, and it's just got to go somewhere. And it's nearly this thing of, it just breaks through. And like, when a volcano goes, it has no idea at all about what um, compartmentalization looks like. A volcano's are clueless when it comes to um, limiting their... Thing. You remember that ash cloud years ago and it like banned flights in Europe for like a month or something? Like the volcano had no care at all about that. 
It was just like, I'm just doing what I'm meant to do. No, no idea what was acceptable or not acceptable. No idea what sphere or when the right time is. It was just like, I'm going. And I think that's what God is looking for today in me and each, each one of us and this region as well. That God is wanting to do stuff deep within us to such an extent that we just erupt in a volcano of praise. Not just here on a Sunday morning, but where we live, where we work, where we play, where people aren't already. And we love the mundane. Right, when did you hear that last? Like we celebrate the mundane. Here at Carlisle Vineyard, we love the mundane. We love the Monday morning. And God does too. Because he's in the Monday morning. He is in the washing of the windows when nobody else is watching. He is in the digging of the foundations of a new place. He is in the craft and he's in the baking. He's in the childcare. He's in it all. He's in the office where nobody likes you. And he's in the football field where you play. God is looking for and wanting to bring about people, a community who are just so full of him and what he's doing, so that we just erupt with praise for him. So that's the conclusion. Do you want to hear the bit before that? Are are we just good to go? Because I think we are good to go. And some of us this week, it's it's near like, the enemy's just had intentions for you this week, is to shut you up. Like to cap off the volcano. To cap you off. To stop that enthusiasm. To hinder that call on your life. But part of what we do is gathering today is that we spark each other up. The reason we take sometimes more than half an hour at the start, because we start at half ten, is not because we haven't figured out what to say or have lost the music, but that thing of connection, that thing of welcome, that thing of serving coffee and brunch. And have we told you recently that we love you, the Wilsons? Good, good. We really do. And is Paul and Angie rock up early? Like, have you ever met a family like the Reynolds family? I've never met a family like you. We guys, like, I've never met a family like this. That these people rock up early to help set the scene, create an environment that we can then enjoy. But the reason we take this time at the start is part of that is welcoming each other. Uh, Where's Lizzie? Lizzie, what was that thing you were saying about welcoming in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this, when we say you are so welcome here, we're not just being polite. We are wanting to spark something in you to remind you why you're alive and to say you are welcome here because God is a welcoming kind of God. Can you imagine for a moment if he wasn't? Could you imagine if he was kind of like snooty? Could you imagine that if he had like this thing of um, elitism? Ooh, well, you wouldn't like that macker, would you? God is not an elitist. He is none of that at all. And when we look at the story of Jesus, one of my favorite things is said about Jesus, that he was a friend of sinners. And you know what that means in the Greek? 
he would be my friend. Like, this is not arrogant for me to say, but Jesus, isn't it like a shoes-off kind of moment? I'm so glad I've got uh, no holes in my socks today. I've even got left and right on there. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, is that simple? But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But they are separate. This is a socks-off kind of moment. This is not arrogant for me to say this, but Jesus would have wanted to hang out with me. Jesus would have wanted to hang out with you. That's not about me. It's not about you. But it's the type of Jesus we have. Like Fiona, Jesus would want to hang out with Like he would, he would, he would want to sit down and have a meal with you. And he would just want to call out the leader and the mum that you are. And he would say, that heart you have for people, for justice and all that, and he loves that about you, Fiona. Like, like how many people are you a mum to, eh? <laughs> like, he loves that about you. And the thing about Jesus, he would be never rushed. He would never be panicked. And he would take time to say, that, that thing about you, just being a mum to so many, he loves that about you. The thing about Jesus, he just loved to eat with people. It's one of the reasons that he got into trouble because he was always in the wrong place with the wrong kind of people at the wrong kind of time. But that's our Jesus. He didn't care one bit what people said about him. Don't you love the freedom of Ben? This is our new friend, Ben. And Ben, you are so welcome here. And we pray, Ben, that God will just bless. This is a, a, a thing of agreement. Yeah. But it's just like that we pray for you, Ben. And we just pray for these, like, the, the, the rooms in the back are jam-packed with kids today. And I always have a sneaky walk around upstairs to pray over the different areas. And we just pray today for our kids that they would just encounter Jesus afresh. Um, I feel a bit funny now, not having no shoes on. Let me read to you what we're going to be starting for a few weeks is digging into Ephesians. Ephesians is one of the richest books in the Bible. It, it's crazy. We have some spare Bibles. There's some Bibles on there, Bibles on there. I believe there's more in that room if anybody needs. Ephesians in my Bible is on page 1066. Mark, what page is Ephesians on in that one there? 705, if anybody needs a Bible, if you're on a, a phone or anything like that, have it open up to Ephesians. Now, what's interesting about this letter um, to a group of people in Ephesus, we think, uh, one of the things that um, people way brighter than I are, they say, we think it was for the people of Ephesus, but what we definitely know was this letter was for them and other people as well. You may be thinking, well, why is that important? It's important because we are the other ones as well. So yes, the letter was for Ephesus and those in Ephesus, but it was for more than that. I want to say this, we, we love heckling, okay? Let me read to you, this is from Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the sinners in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
how come nobody heckled right there? Tim. Why were you shocked? What? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. To the saints. Now you need to know something about Ephesus. Ephesus was messed up. It was a messed up kind of city. When cities come, uh, what you're known for, Ephesus was known for all the wrong things. So how is this then written with these words to the saints in Ephesus? It was Paul, an apostle, apostle like sent from God to carry a culture of the kingdom with authority from heaven to write this. How audacious can he be to write to the saints? But well, the only reason he can write to the saints in Ephesus is because of what he flows out of this. He says, the faithful in Christ Jesus. One of the themes throughout Paul's letters is this thing about being in Christ. And being in Christ, without understanding that, most of our life will wob- we will wobble. Without understanding what it means to be in Christ... Life will always wobble for us. And we will be toppled so quickly by so many different things. When everybody, when everybody, if somebody comes at us with criticism, we will topple unless we know what it means to be in Christ. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. And then he says this, Grace and peace to you from our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now when we hear him say grace and peace, it's really easy for us just to go, oh, this is just how he wrote. This is just words coming from him, like, oh, hi, how are you? Like, you know when we say on a Sunday morning or whatever we are, hi, hi, how are you? We're not actually saying, how are you? We're just like, oh, it's just like a fancy way of saying hello. When he says grace and peace to you, he is not just being polite. But when he says grace and peace to you, it's a little bit like, I imagine Paul is kind of like this smaller man. And when he says grace and peace to you, it's like a tidal wave of grace and a tidal wave of peace that he wants to release over you and over your family, over your circumstance, over your situation, over your place of work, wherever you live, work or play. And he says like grace to you, peace to you. Like his heart is, I want you to be planted in grace. Like, I want you to get your nourishment from being in grace. And then he says, so grace to you. So like, that's your underguiding, that's your support, that's where you're planted. And then he says, peace over you as well. 
And this peace that he talks about is this shalom from God. And that kind of peace is a peace that affects every part of who we are. It's like all of God for all of you. Not just a little bit on a Sunday morning for some frills. Not a Friday night, once night stand thing. But he's just like, grace to you, peace over you. May peace reign, may shalom come in every place. So whatever you're anxious about this morning, peace for you. You're thinking now, man, I've got this business thing going on and I have no idea how it's all going to come. Shalom to you. Peace to you. Fear of losing a job. God says, I have grace and peace for you. Relationships not working out. Grace and peace to you. Family fracture. Grace and peace to you. Inner turmoil. Grace and peace to you. I don't you love that this doesn't just say to the sinners in Ephesus who could do better. Sounds like my skill report. (laughs) (laughs) To the sinners in Ephesus who could do better. Limited grace. Some peace to you. That's not the God I know. Like I love Neville. He's not here today. And he has this beautiful way of um, speaking about things. And um, I don't know if it was his thing or he, he read it somewhere else. But he's just like, you'd never trust God to pour the cream. You'd never trust him to pour the cream. If, if, you, if your impression of God pouring the cream over a bowl of strawberries is like, um, ooh, I hope I've got enough for everyone. I've actually got a recipe in my mind, so I'm going to keep some back for tomorrow. And like, it's like really calculated and measured. And you're like, oh, I could have done it for a little bit more. If that's your picture of grace and mercy... You've, you've missed something along the way. God's picture of pouring the cream is this, like a volcano, there's no concept of when's enough is enough. God just pour that cream, it cascades over the first strawberry, and then over the second and the third. Soon the cream is beginning to uh, sit in the bottom of the bowl, And then it starts to go higher and higher. The first strawberry is now drowning. The second strawberry has gone as well. The third is streaming up. But soon that is gone as well. The cream then gets to the brim of the bowl and has no concept of when enough is enough. And the cream just then continues to pour lavishly, 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 lavishly pouring over. And soon it's now on the table and it's going to the edge of the table with no concept for this is a nice family table with cracks in the middle and it's a nightmare to get cream out of. But no concept that at all. The cream is then now pouring on to the floor and it's a carpet as well. And you're like, oh, but God has no concept of that because he has no concept of when enough is enough. So that is the type of lavish love that we have. So if you are needing a fresh encounter with the love of God, 
then this picture of lavish is for you. He has nothing but love for you. See, this thing that God has for us today is no small thing. And I love this thing of grace and peace. Grace and peace to you. Uh, at Belfast Docks, you've got these um, two massive cranes. Massive cranes. One is called Samson and one is called Goliath. They were involved in the building of the Titanic. It's ridiculously big. And I kind of imagine they're called grace and peace. Like this is Paul bringing in the heavy lifters. These are the big shifters, the massive dumper trucks. Like it's like he's saying grace, welcome grace and peace. And it's like this massive wagon load, like beep, 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 beep. Okay, tip her up, tip her up. And it's just like, why am I keeping going on about this? It's because God is trying to do something in each one of us to such an extent that we become volcanoes of praise wherever we live, work or play. And without understanding the love of God, we will not spew out the love of God. Without understanding our acceptance that he has for us, we're going to struggle to exhibit that as well. So planted in grace, covered by peace. A peace that stills every area of our life. So then in verse 3 it says, Praise be to God, or all praise to him. And I think this is kind of like the key in Ephesians. So it's kind of like, this is who God is, this is what he has for you. So the only natural response is, praise you God. Like God, praise you. Praise you. And then he nearly, the rest of the letter is just unpacking why people should be doing that. And I'm not talking here about a Sunday morning experience. I'm talking here about 24-7. Just in a, a realization that God is good and he is for us. And we are now saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. In, um, it goes on in here. And um, I'm conscious of time, I, I really am, that uh, for Paul, this is not an academic exercise. This is not like a list of information that he wants to get to us. It, it's nearly like, um, it's not like he, he wants to, um, yeah, it's not like he wants to fill our minds with information. It's like he wants to blow our minds. And that's different. Like we live in a day, an age now where we've got more um, information than ever before. Yet would you say society's wisdom's gone up? And so I'm not just giving you information here. I want this information to lead somewhere. I want this to impact each and every heart on this. So Paul he is like, this is his own story. This is his personal thing. He is an old, he's the first volcano in this story. And it's a bit like he's on a Christmas day. Hi, Ben. Have you got a carrot? Oh, nice. That's Mary. That's Mary. You know, one of my favorite things about Jesus is that bit where he welcomes the kids and annoys everybody else. And this is one of our things that we, we try to do at Carlisle Vineyard. Annoy 
That's my calling. So Paul, like, he's like a kid on Christmas Day. He cannot help but show off what he's got in Jesus. And he just wants the world to know. I think what I'm going to do is just... Um, see, I don't want us to miss this thing about what it means to be in Christ. Uh, what a, let, let me just read to you uh, this continuation from Ephesians chapter 1. And, and may I encourage you to, to marinate yourself in Ephesians. Like, if you haven't got a Bible, please steal one. We'd love to give it to you with our blessing. But dig into Ephesians. It's a treasure trove of delight. And it's like like we could spend the whole morning just like to the saints in Ephesus. We could camp out there for a month. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In his sight, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him. Again, this thing about... In Jesus, in Christ, in Him, we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it means this. Grace and peace are yours. And this is from what we've just read. It means this. Grace and peace are yours. You are blessed. For all that contained in Jesus is yours. You were chosen. In Jesus, you are holy and blameless. You were conceived in love. You are not a mistake and you are not illegitimate. You are conceived in love. You are adopted. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are lavished upon. He has revealed his heart to you and he has plans for you. You are chosen and you have purpose. Sometimes part of knowing where we are placed in Jesus is to know where we've been. And later on in Ephesians, it it says this. Because when Paul is writing this, he still remembers what he was like. And Paul was bad news. I mean, he was a murderer. He was just, and he just went from there. He was, he knew his darkness of his heart. And he had the memory of his actions. So he doesn't need to be reminded of the sinner part of where he started. 
And as he writes this, he says in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, remember that, that at that time you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in this world. So that's where we were. And now he's saying to those who are in Christ, who are the saints. And the thing is there, the question I have is like, well, how do we get into Christ? What does this thing look like? What does it mean? And it's just a matter of coming home. And he goes on to answer it in here. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You who are running have now been invited home. It's like there's a banquet table been laid and your name is on the card. Your name is on the card. So for those who feel lost, isolated and alone, you are welcome home. For those of us who've forgotten that we are in fact saints because of Jesus, you are welcome home. Like it still surprises me at times how quickly I forget who I really am. And I end up saying or believing or watching or doing stuff. And I'm like, I forgot. I forgot that's not me anymore. They, they, they aren't my words anymore. They aren't my actions anymore. I forgot who I am in Jesus. So welcome to a place called Fresh Start. Welcome to a place of new beginnings. Welcome to the next season of the new chapter. Um, I had a sense in preparation for this week that God was wanting to speak to a few of us. Um, I, I think there's, um, there's somebody here today and it feels like the roof has fallen in. But God wants to let you know that it's not a demolition process, it's a restoration process. And the verse for you this morning is um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. And in him, you two have been built together to become a dwelling in which God lives in his spirit. So you may, may feel that your roof is falling in on your circumstances, on your life. But God said, no, 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 there's no demolition signs anywhere. It's him. He's a purpose for this. And he's wanting to do a restoration work in your life. Because he, he wants to dwell in there. And when God dwells in a place, he shines out of every window and every crack. I also had a sense that this, um, and I don't think this is a literal thing, but it might be. I think there's a pregnancy in the room. I, I don't think it's for a baby. But God is brewing something in you. And at this stage, it's uncomfortable. In fact, at times you prefer not to have this, whether it's a morning sickness type thing you have at the moment. 
but God wants you to know that he is doing something, he is birthing something in you, and this is just part of the process. And the better season, it's like the glowing season is going to come for you. And God is going to bring people around you who have experience, who will help with the birth. So I want to encourage you to press on. I think this healing for the right eye and for lower back pain around about there. So we often rush out of things because... Oh, I love that, Alan. My mate Mac has just sent a message. Fresh oil. The doves breathe a beer. Sorry. Fresh oil, the dove's breath, like Holy Spirit's breath upon you as you share of his love. See, we're not here because we've got nowhere else to be. We're here because we believe that Jesus is real. So may I invite you to stand. And all we're going to do now... A little bit like Oliver Twist. Come and say, please more. Some of us feel dirty, some of us feel grubby. But that's okay. Because God didn't write to Ephesus and say, to those who feel a bit dirty and a bit grubby. He wrote and said, to the saints, because you're in Jesus Christ. So first things first. If you've never come home, and you would like to come home for the first time, then I invite you, just in the quietness of your own heart, to say, Jesus, can I please come home? I thank you that you died on the cross so I could be forgiven, that your blood will forgive me and cleanse me from every sin. And this promise of God, is, it's not a behalf of promise, it's not like just you get forgiveness of sins, but you also get the filling of the Holy Spirit. And for those of us who have ever any of those pictures before, or whether it is just, uh, Jesus, I need, I need to meet your grace afresh. I need your peace for a circumstance. I need to know again, I want to take that new heart in the gift box. I want healing from a back, healing from a right eye, that that pregnancy thing is yours. If, if there's anything at all that Jesus has connected with, would you just raise your hand? And we're just going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. James Laxton, you are a leader, head and shoulders above others of your age. God's hand is upon you, and he knows you, and he has loved you. He has loved you, he has conceived you in love, and he has a purpose and a plan over your life. You are a leader of leaders. Your heart, your tender heart is a gift from him. It's sometimes painful to carry, but God has a plan for you. His hand is upon you. You have been put together in such a way that we see you connecting with people who will then help connect them to Jesus. So we bless you, James Laxton. We pray God's blessing over you. We thank you for your heritage, and we pray for more. So it's a little bit like the fruit is low. The, the fruit on these trees from heaven is not out of reach for you. And it's nearly like God is saying, take, just take what you want. Take what you want. What do you need? Do you need more grace? Then just take it. 
Do you need more peace? Then the father said, this is all within your reach. Just pick it up and take it. Somebody once said, um, if there was a, a password for heaven or heaven's Wi-Fi, it would be grateful. So some part of that is just somebody saying, Jesus, I'm thank you. I thank you for the healing you have for me. Thank you for the grace you have me. So we declare over this community, we declare over this region, and we call out, City of Carlisle, rise up. Awake. Awake, O City of Carlisle. Love that song that you gave Steph and the guys. Just hear it resounding more and more. So we awake up, O city of Carlisle. Wake up, O region and beyond. Come alive in Jesus Christ. So Jesus, we thank you for meeting with us today. And we thank you that you don't just meet with us, but you go with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.